from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, everybody, once again. This is Pete Sanchez, and with Mike Walsh, we are Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic community of South Jersey, sharing the stories of the movers and the shakers, the faith makers in the diocese. And Mike, how are you today? Hey, everybody. Pete's in a good mood. He's being, he's being funny again. I like it when he's when he's with eat. We got a young person with us today, so you're you're energized. You're up. Like our guest is already smiling and beaming. It's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. Today's a great day, Mike. And I, I would hope that it's not just with the youthful of the diocese, but with everybody. It's just a joyful time here on the show. Uh, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, Mike, I have a question. Uh, do you know your church history? Uh, I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. Does that help? Wow, that's the most philosophical thing I've heard <laughs> from you. Um, I like that. I like that, actually. Um, no, well, if you're interested, the Diocese of Camden is doing, starting a church history course uh, next month after Labor Day. Oh, and I am a history major, so I do like that. Oh, well, then it's a church ministry institute of Camden is offering these courses. Uh, so we pretty neat. They're going to be in Hamilton, Belmar, Absegan, Gibbsboro, different parishes. Uh, again, starting after Labor Day, the courses are about six weeks each. Um, it's just really neat. If you, you know, learn about Vatican II, learn about different popes. Our church has such a, hit, a rich tradition uh, so you can find info on that, Mike, and whoever else wants to go. You can meet Mike, possibly, and tell him how much you love the show and how awesome his co-host Pete Sanchez is. These are all things you can say. And camdiocese.org uh, for more info, camdiocese.org, or call 856-583-2906. And also coming up next month in September, right before fall, actually, right before Beginning of fall, September 17th, is a closer walk with God. That's going to be held at um, asking for the infusion of the Holy Spirit um, in uh, Eucharistic adoration. And that's going to be held at St. Rose of Lima Parish in Haddon Heights on September 17th at 2 p.m. Um, and you can call 609-922-2128 for more info on that St. Rose of Lima closer walk with God. Um Great things coming up, Father Joe Byerly, the pastor, who you know, Mike. I do. He will. Uh, he's going to do a brief meditation uh, one on that day. So yeah. that might be fascinating. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, then another thing coming up, um, Samuel Group uh, for those eighteen to thirty-nine years old, um, looking for if you're trying to discern your role in the world and in this church right now. Come to the Samuel Group uh, to help. It'll help you make decisions for this journey called life. Uh, you can bring your strengths. Just just bring yourself. There are going to be six monthly meetings starting in September. For more information, kimdiocese.org slash Samuel Group. Or email Sister Diana Higgins at Sister Diana. That's D-I-A-N-N-A. Diana, Sister Diana fmij at yahoo.com and mike we have another great event coming up again the diocesan blue mass yeah that's always a a great mass to attend it's a 
it's a joyful, solemn occasion that uh, you know where we we honor and pray for uh, the men in blue, and uh, actually not just uh, not just police, but all uh, emergency responders uh, who uh, protect and serve us in the in the communities in the South Jersey area. So it's a it's it's a visual spectacle to see just seeing everybody come out, but it's also a wonderful mass to go to for these people who put their life on the lines or or save our lives for that matter. Yeah, you come and just pray with them and, and also thank them for the work that they do. That's going to be September 29th, 10:30 a.m. Uh, 10:30 in the morning at Our Lady Pope Parish, St. Agnes Church, uh, 701 Little Gloucester Road in Blackwood, and. The uh, last podcast we had was with Mr. Kevin Hickey. Yes, we love and Mr. Kevin Hickey. He was one of the things he talked about that we're going to talk again is Justice for All Awards Dinner, October 11th, 5.30 p.m. Um, at Resorts Hotel in Atlantic City. And as Kevin listened to that podcast, it's just such a grand time three of us had. Um, I think you'll you'll notice it when you listen to it. Um no, just for all dinner, the recipient of uh, the speaker this year will be honoring will be Cardinal Joseph Tobin uh, of Newark uh, at the 14th Annual Justice for All Awards Dinner. Uh, October 11th is a Wednesday evening. Uh, so it's just a good time to really, and also it supports what uh, Catholic Charities does and all the wonderful work they do in this, in South Jersey, Cape May, Cumberland, Salem, Atlantic, Camden County, Gloucester County. Uh, they just do wonderful work. So come in and meet some of them. And um, what do you think, Mike? That should be a great time. Yeah, I I think so. Um, it's uh, it's a great event. It's a great it's a great organization. And if you haven't had an opportunity to meet or hear uh, Cardinal Tobin speak, it should be quite impressive. He, uh, uh, Mr. Hickey, and I had the opportunity to, and our guests, as a matter of fact, had the opportunity to see him speak at the. Uh, at the uh, Convocation of Catholic Leaders in Orlando uh, in July, and the three of us, as well as everyone else who was in attendance, were really moved by what he had to say and the manner in which he said it. It was a, uh, it was a great opportunity, and he's he's done great work uh, since long before he got to New Jersey, um, really looking after or and promoting the people that Catholic Charity serves on a regular basis. So. Um, should be a great event, and then I, yeah. uh, I certainly hope lots of people come out and see it. I think so. I hope so, too. Yeah. And find more info, catholiccharitiescamden.org slash JFA2017. Yeah. Um, so, wait. Pete, we have someone with us today. Who, Do we? Who, whether you will agree with it or not, uh, this person's presence has made you happy and joyful. And, you know, you were practically, you know, dancing a jig outside of my office as we were preparing. As a matter of fact, you, you appeared to be chomping at the bit to get this guy to sit down and, and chat with him a little bit. So could you please introduce our, our guest? I'd be more than happy to, Mike. It, it's uh, this, this individual, um, Jose Rodriguez Jr., is it's just a light, a presence, a youthful presence in uh, Pastoral Center. He's been here for not even a month, I think a few weeks. And it is just, it's been great to get to know him and, and I'm excited for all the great stuff he's going to accomplish here. We're glad to have you on. Jose, how are you, sir? Doing well, Pete. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for the invite. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Uh, and can you see your coordinator for Youth Young Adult 
and Hispanic ministries. Yes, correct. Both, both offices. I am the oh. coordinator for both offices for the diocese. Yeah. Oh. And so you work here, um, and you answer to the Hispanic ministry office, which is in this building, and the youth and young adult, which is across the street. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of the liaison. Yeah. You're the new right hand of, or left hand, depending on which they prefer, of Greg Coogan and Andres Arango, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Two, yeah. two of, uh, only one of whom we've had on the podcast because of a terrible oversight that we haven't had Andres Arango on uh, before this. Yeah. But uh, that's because I got some ideas for how we want to do his podcast. I think that'll be our first uh, bilingual pi- podcast. Oh. Just haven't quite figured out yet how we're going to do it. Well, I, I guess I got some I gotta, technical things to figure out. I got to brush up on my Spanish. Sure. Or we'll bring in a better Spanish speaker <laughs> to do the interview. That's the part. That's the part I'm kind of kicking around with. Hey, Jose. Hey. I think we found out our fourth backup uh, uh, co-host, that, or maybe it's the two of you on that one. He's I, not I smiling so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I think that's uh, yeah. We definitely want to have Andres in. But let's talk about yeah. you a little bit more, Jose. Yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting you and then getting to hang out with you during the uh, convocation of Catholic leaders in uh, Orlando in early July. And uh, honestly, as giddy as Pete was to have you on the podcast, it, that was a great event. And, you know, you really there are a lot of people that were with us that day or 20 some odd of us or that, during that those four days. There were 20 so odd people from the diocese down with us. And, and I would say uh, all of them at some point mentioned Jose and that sort of affability. And, and, wow. and yeah. you know, I say all this to say I, I certainly see why you were picked for this job because I think you're going to do a great job with, with our youth. But you're not starting out with this. You've been doing this at the parish level for quite a while. Yeah. Um, actually, this it, it hasn't been – it became formal. It'll be formal formally one year in October that I was working at the parish level. But I always – you know, whether it was with the altar servers or getting young adults – involved in being a Eucharistic minister or a lector, but a formal young adult group happened last October. Mm-hmm. So this October it'll be a year, but I think that was really the the launching pad. That, that's where it all started, and that's where I really fell in love with the, the young adult movement. And uh, being so involved my whole life, I didn't realize the disconnect that was there until I heard it from my peers, mm-hmm. and that's when I really felt like there was something had to get done. There needed to be somebody there to be able to bridge between them and you know pastors in the church so i kind of took it personally and i ran with it yeah no it's been uh, it's great so i guess my first question to you is um as someone who has been able to remain close to the church even in your young years when people tend to drift away for a while and then god willing will come back to us you know what has kept you sort of solidly a part of parish life I think my family has a big deal to do with it. Oh, I don't think. I, I know it. Because um, there isn't a Sunday where we don't all get up and go to Mass together. Um, even if we're scheduled for different Masses, Mom's got to be Eucharistic minister at 9, and i got to read at 12. One of us will go to two Masses that Sunday, just because it's a family ordeal. It's a family event. Um, other than that, just the ups and downs that I have personally had to go through. Um Instead of me getting angry and separating myself, I, I wanted to be closer and spend more time at the church to get my answers, and I think that was really important. I think that's where I made the right choice, because a lot of people get scared, and they get worried, or they get frustrated, and quick to blame it on God and walk away, but instead of blaming it, just you know have the ability to ask why and be able to 
think about things and be there and you'll get your answers and, and, and I did so it, it kept me close mm-hmm. it's like a hook yeah mm-hmm. I would agree I would agree so and with your that's can you talk a bit about we, we talked a bit about your prayer life what's that well Pete when you and I talked it was a couple of days ago was stop by the office to come visit me because I'm all by myself so it was nice of you to stop in for a little bit but um we talked about how the prayer life is important, especially for people who work for the church, because um, you're here all the time and you're surrounded by it all the time. But it's, I, I think it's really important that you remember to take your time out. So working for God is one thing, but having a line of communication and open prayer with him is something completely different. I don't get to communicate with God all day long because I'm at work for him. I'm more focused on getting the paperwork out, getting people signed up and promoting him, promoting God and talking to God are two different things. So at the end of the day, I always like to remember to, you know, shut off the phone, close the email, close all my folders and just have a minute where I get to close my eyes and say, okay, today was all about you and your people. But now I want this next five or 10 minutes to be about you and me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, give, gives my, gives myself a chance to recharge my battery and, clear my head and get ready for the next day, the projects that I got for the next day. And, you know, that's that's something that I think is not certainly uh, only in the purview of young people. Uh, but I think that at any stage we tend to forget about, which is you got to take a minute, you know, yeah. uh, whether it's yeah. prayer or meditation or whatever it requires. It's mm-hmm. But it's not listening to podcasts, not watching the television. It's not necessarily even reading. It's, it's you need a couple minutes to center yourself, get in touch with God. You know, yeah. find that perspective that just doesn't happen when everything is buzzing around you. Absolutely. You know? And uh, I, I know I fail at that uh, regularly, even though my Apple Watch tells me to breathe once a day. And I, uh, I, it's, I still fail at it all the time. So it's something that you really have to, you know, be cognizant of. It's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, they tell you, you got to work out every day. You got to move around every day. I'm not good at that either, as my waistline will, will tell you. Um, but uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, we have to keep in the forefront. You know, we, our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health. Yeah. And too often, there's so many other things buzzing around that we... We let that sit in the back, so let's all let's all help each other. Not yeah, it's tough because you want to do you want to do so much and you want to get what you want to mm-hmm. get done. But if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually and emotionally and mentally and physically also, but, but especially spiritually, if you're not taking yourself taking care of yourself spiritually and you're trying to work for God, it, you're going to crumble at some point. Yeah. You're going to break down, and then yeah. you, it won't be as fruitful. So you have to make sure that you have the connection with God to be able. To have the connection with his people, and we spoke about this at the at the convocation. And I'm thinking that Father Mohan mm-hmm. brought this to our attention that we have to make sure that our relationship with Christ is a sound one, and that there's an open line yeah. of communication, so that the message and the work that we do not be our work, but be His work through us. And I think that's important. I yeah. just remember Father Mohan talking about. Yeah, that. I think uh, I think Pete in the podcast we did with him and three other people who attended the uh, the convocation. I think he brought that up. Those uh, Father Kevin Mohan, who's the uh, oh Catholic identity director at Gloucester Catholic High School, and uh, that was yeah, especially for, and he's a young priest. And that mm-hmm. was, that meant a lot actually coming from him too. Yeah, shout out to Father Mohan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's one of the good ones. And just what Mike was saying, there is a lot of buzz, there's a lot of noise. And for me, it takes a lot of effort to not put all my 
radio when I'm get in the car because I try to be in silence. Right. And even to get home, like my mind's like, okay, what's for dinner? But that's mm-hmm. kind of the quiet time. I try to reserve going home uh, in silence. Yeah. You know, absolutely. it's so like to recalibrate yourself and also with our work here. Um, yeah, if we're not if we're if we're not good with our relationship with Jesus, if that's not a solid foundation, we're not going to be good for anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Pete. And, and you know, just to dovetail on that, Pete and I both had the pleasure, and I'm sure you will soon as well, with meetings with some of the new sisters who have uh, come into the diocese, the uh, Sisters for the Renewal. Yeah. Um, down in Atlantic City, and they have an, an interesting devotion. You know, they are—they're both a service, um, uh, a service religious order, but also a very uh, prayerful uh, uh, religious order. And they really—and they dovetail those perfectly together, you know, half and half. Um, and I was able to sit in with them for a little while as they as they were praying the hours, and um, it was the, the manner in which they did it reminded me of you know, why that exists and why it's good for us, whether, I mean, you know, we're laity or there's not an expectation we, uh-huh. we would do the liturgy of the hours, but, um, but, uh, the divine office, however you want to refer to it. Um, but I think there's a, I think there really is a lot of sense in doing that. And I, you know, and we've talked before about doing things during Lent, Pete, and something that I always try to do and, and fail at miserably is, is doing the divine office during, during Lent. But even a, a smaller version of that, these, these little bit of time to, to, to go back and focus on, you know, what's, what really needs our focus as opposed right. to, you know going to see which Marvel movie is coming out. That's not to say it shouldn't be a focus too. No, just, you know, say, just, pretty it is pretty important, like, I don't, but, but I, I don't, I think there's like 80 days before Ragnarok. So, you know, we, we got to do this, but, um, yeah. it might be less, it might be 77, <laughs> but I should be able to do the divine office once in 80 days. I'll tell you that. Um, I'll make it a point, but, uh, but no, um, you know, these, these moments of clarity or, or, or you know, we just tune everything out. I, I think it's great to hear you say something like that because, because uh, I think it's easy, easy enough for us to forget it. Absolutely. Matter of fact, everybody, if you'd like to pause the podcast right now, take a minute. Uh, I'll stop talking. Okay, for anyone who who paused and just came back again, that was great. See, I, was, I hope you enjoyed that one minute of, uh, of, of solitude. If you didn't do it, feel free to do it now. And we're back again. So it's up to you. But but that was those are moments when you could do it. You totally just I, had two chances. And yeah, I took them. I'm proud. If that's not, right. <laughs> take the next time. And if you wanted to wait till the end of the episode, let it run out, and then uh, you know think about what we said and where we were wrong, and shoot us off an email. <laughs> well, I, Mike, I liked how you talked about the sisters because that kind of uh, it's nice. We're all we have a nice flow here because I, I was with Jose last week. I saw you as a. Uh, you are a grill master, oh, and one of the things Don't that, that <laughs> we're talking about the sisters, um, you know, piggybacking on what Mike said, they're pretty amazing. These four women that are millennials for the most part. I think they're all forty and under. Can I say that on the air? Yeah, you can say. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they're all. <laughs> but they're all. No, no, it's okay. They know. All, they know how old they are. <laughs> they're. They are all wonderful. And they just exude joy. And the yeah. moment that really touched me is I went to St. Joe's University. I graduated in 2005. One of the, uh, the young 
sister, sister Kiara and I were chatting because she just spent time in England, but is from North Jersey. And we were talking, and it turned out she graduated from Villanova 2005, mm-hmm. right down the road. And we were talking about how we rooted against each other, schools and basketball. And that touched me, you know, what I've been doing after college basically has been here. What has she been doing? She's been in the CFRs with prayer, the vows, poverty, obedience, chastity, just those different paths. It's just really inspiring and amazing to see these young women. And you were there somewhere in the city last week. Yeah. They were playing music, seeing the joy That's with them, them. on them. the drums yeah. and uh, the guitar and the testimony. And somebody like Sister Anne Cattery. Oh, yeah. uh, it just, it's really filled my heart with so much happiness. They're just infectious, infectious joy. Yeah, yeah. Is what, what, how was your experience it, last week with them? I've never, well, it took me back. Uh, you know, working with with these these teenagers and, and doing the summer in the city initiative, which is just huge, and it was a beautiful thing. But it came full circle when we went over to for um, the burning bush and, and adoration, and then the sisters opened up, and they were just there. I mean, they were on top of everything, and and they wanted it to flow so well, and it did. Um, I don't. I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever been to a Eucharistic adoration that was so touching i mean literally you had the blessed sacrament right in front of you and and to be able to reach out and 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 touch and feel not only spiritually the presence of the lord but physically was phenomenal and the way that they led it in prayer like you said and then the music and the ambiance was set because they said it from the beginning with just a warm welcoming and I mean, us meeting them for the first time and them being so open about their testimony, it was just like, wow, I've known these people my whole life. And and it was great. They made it really, really comfortable for all of us. Like Pete said, you know, I jumped into the kitchen and I started making dinner and they were right there with me, the prep and then making sure everything was set up. And, you know, Jose, what do you need now? And what do you... And I'm just like, wow, this is this is phenomenal, you know. So uh, they're doing a great job down there, and I'm really looking forward to the things that they have set up yeah. heading forward. Now we're, we'll have the sisters on on a podcast uh, later in the year uh, that we're looking to set up. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about you. You know, we talked about how your your family was what helped uh, you maintain you know your connection to church. So how are you trying to help other youth and young adults? be able to maintain that relationship where maybe they don't have a strong family presence or maybe there's something else that that's putting them on the on the fence as to how strong they are to the church i think what i try to do most is just kind of listen uh, i think in this day and age they have too many people trying to tell them what to do mm-hmm. or what not to do or society and social media and all this is telling them who they should and shouldn't be um and I think they're getting a lot of a lot of instruction, but nobody's listening. So I try to just be that person. You know, I remember our first night together as a group. Um, we we threw an initiative out there called a date night with Christ, mm-hmm. and the idea was you can't fall in love with somebody unless you take them out on a date. Um, so we invited them to come have a date with Jesus, and we offered them dinner and. 
and dialogue and Bible study, and you can finish the night with Eucharistic adoration, where I expected maybe 10, 15 young adults to show up. We had about 40 to 45 adults, young adults, show up for this chance to be listened to and open. And that's what it was. It was, you know, we ate dinner, and then most of the night was just dialogue. What What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want from the church? Um, what do you wish there was more of? You know, you're here, and you, you're here because you're interested and you want to stay here, so what can we do to make this happen? And, and they were, you know, where most people think that, you know, no, millennials don't want to talk and that they're quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they came right out and they were just mm-hmm. open. And it was, like I said, that was where it really, that's where I feel like I hit the ground running. Because mm-hmm. when I heard all of that, all the different things that they wanted, you know, I, I like I said, I took it personal because I felt like somebody had to offer this. I can't give you everything that you're asking for, but let's try and let's work together Mm -hmm. and faithfully i keep you know i'm getting every time we get together the numbers are good um different projects that they're doing um and it's just it's i'm really happy with where it's going you know you you made a statement that uh, you're actually reiterating something from another person who went down to the convocation of catholic leaders so maybe there's something he said for the for the people who were there but pete do you recall the podcast we had our recap podcast of the convocation that what you said about listening not telling people what to do but listening that was the same thing that uh, mike chambers said who was the uh, president of paul the sixth high school that was what he took away from it too and this is a guy that works with kids all the time and i'm sure i i would never i assume i know i'm sure he's always done good at listening to his students before, but it really touched him that that that's how he was able to make an even greater connection was talking to, he went to a bunch of the youth and young adults uh, yeah, seminars. Yep. And yeah, that, that blew him away as well, that, that listening thing. So, uh, you know, maybe that's something that all of our Catholic leaders need to do a better job of. Certainly I do. Um, not Pete, Pete listens to everybody. But I'm, uh, but, you know, really, you know, a little less talking, a little more listening. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you came away with the, the same thing. And I think that ties into Mike E. and Jose. I've been reading a really remarkable book right now called Silence uh, by Colonel Seurat. And we were talking about silence earlier, finding that time to quiet our hearts amid the buzz that Mike used, that word, the buzzing. And I think that with the young adults, there is so much buzzing noise that when they have somebody who can participate in the silence and not talking, not waiting to say something, but actively listening to the other person, like I would participate in silence hearing you talk. Uh-huh. That's what the youth want. They want silence from the other person, so right. to speak. And yeah. that is so important. And you're right, like not to tell them what to do, but... Just give them an ear. Oh yeah, it's and you see it. You see it manifest. Uh, I can tell, like at a parish level, um, they we every year at our parish we do the procession for Good Friday, mm-hmm. and these young adults had a ton of ideas that they wanted mm-hmm. to bring to the procession, just to bring the procession to life. And they're like, it's more than just the Stations of the Cross. This this is this can be great. So I brought that to our pastor, and he thought it was a phenomenal idea. And lo and behold, he's like, okay, here's Good Friday. Run with it. Not what I expected to <laughs> end up with full-fledged control on Good Friday. Wasn't ready for all that. 
but um it went it went great like i i couldn't have been prouder of them i mean from from our actors and the way that they dressed up and the costumes that we put together and and from the, I mean, details, just the smallest little things, like the, the weeping women carrying baskets and stuff like that, or Veronica, you know, not just wiping the face of Jesus, but holding his face and offering him a cup of water, and then this guard come running from the back of the line to kick it out of her. Like, it was a full-fledged... I honestly think our group deserved an Oscar for it. There weren't any cameras. <laughs> That's not true, actually. There were the uh, the local newspaper. Cause oh, I, I, I remember... It blew me away. I was I usually go to that one. I was unable to go this year, and I thought it was good last year. And then I saw the footage this year, and it was unbelievable. The crowds were great. Like it's it's if you never have an opportunity to, if you haven't been to a Good Friday procession, I highly recommend heading down to Divine Mercy Parish in Vineland, New Jersey on on Good Friday. They do a great job, and that's the that's a whole walking through the community, right? Yes, we we start where. Our are, um, so Divine Mercy Parish was emerged between St. Francis of Assisi and Immaculate Heart. Um, Immaculate Heart of Mary was the old Spanish Catholic center on 8th and Almond in violence. So we start there. Um, and 8th and Almond is that area of the city. It's a little bit of the rougher side of town. So we go to the people. We start there. And then it's a bilingual procession all the way down to Chestnut and Delcy where St. Francis is at. Um, and... So, yeah, I mean, we walked through the city, and we we literally shut the city down for Good Friday, and, <laughs> and we bring the, the passion of Christ and the feeling to the people. And it's amazing because you get your normals that come to Mass every Sunday, and you know, you know where they're going to sit, you know what time they're showing up, um, but then you have so many faithful Catholics that can't come to Mass for whatever reason, maybe they're... You know, they're sick and they stay home or they're taking care of somebody, but they start hanging out of their windows. Second and third floor buildings. I mean, you got people hanging out of their windows with their rosaries in their hand. Um, and then you have our, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters who are at the time maybe having a service. And this year we actually had a pastor and his congregation line the sidewalk and wait for us to pass by. Mm. And I thought that was phenomenal because you want to talk about bringing God's people together. I really think the Good Friday procession this year, I mean, not just but what Good Friday is as a whole and the way, I mean, we had horses and guards and a high priest and, and, and it was, it was crazy, but it was, it was really stressful, but went really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The good ones always are stressful. I've run a bunch of events in my life, and you can't get past that. <laughs> but uh, but when they when they work out, and yours definitely did, that's a great feeling, and uh, it got a lot of great there a lot of great coverage too. So from a PR perspective, I, I certainly appreciated it as well. But um, but no, that's that's great. And uh, and what about um, have you had times where you know you've had to reach out to maybe you had somebody that was falling away and like like an individual and you were able to reach out to them and bring them back yeah yeah we've um absolutely the i don't know why but uh, millennials and young adults tend to think that the mass is boring mm-hmm. i can't stand when they use that word but they they find the mass to be boring um and they, when they tell me these things, it's funny because I always have like a, 
open door policy where we have our meeting and then afterwards if anybody needs to talk I'll hang out and we'll go you know separately and have a conversation about whatever it is and it's funny because they usually start the conversation somewhere where like I'm really scared to tell you this but <laughs> and I'm like oh goodness what did you do and she's like oh I just think the mass is boring and I'm like oh wow yeah okay I'm not I'm not mad <laughs> disappointed maybe but I'm not mad <laughs> so um my answer to that is always just just get involved. It, the mass can be kind of tedious for some unless you're involved. So what I do is that's where I get um, in touch with Sister Kathy, Sister Kathy Brown, who's at our parish, and she's in charge of, you know, the Eucharistic ministers and lectors and the different ministries for the church. And that's when I get them involved. And I say, okay, so you're really good at reading. I really like the way you read. Why don't you read in the Mass? Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Why not? What are you afraid of? You know, Pope Francis, he tells the youth not to bury your talents, and, and he used them. So I express that to them. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe I could read. And they'll try it, and they fall in love with it because they're not only going to Mass anymore, but they're realizing that they are the Mass and they are part yeah. of the Mass. Yeah. You know, the proclamation of the Word is just as important as consecration, and it all goes together. So when they get the chance to be, oh, so I asked them, you know, how did that feel? And they were like, I actually, I lived the Mass. And I was like, well, why? So well, people were looking at me and paying attention to me, and people were listening to me. Yeah. And, I go, and it all goes back to that. They just want to, they want to be, utilized mm -hmm. you know young yeah. adults want to be utilized they don't just want to be a shadow in the church or or you know a small community or something go, okay this is so-and-so parish and we have a young adult community that part the young adult community shouldn't be a thing is this is this in this parish and then that's where that should end so part of that parish should be the young adults mm -hmm. and, or you know um teenagers and and if you start them young they're not going to go nowhere yeah. And we're waiting too long. There's, you know, we're on top of them to do their, their CCD and then they receive confirmation. And then that's all the attention they get is up until confirmation. Yeah. There isn't really, you know, nobody's listening for that act, for that cry of help after confirmation saying, I want to do something or I have ideas to make yeah. this better. And sometimes, you know, the elders of the church take that kind of personal, like, oh, we've been doing this for. 67 years the same way we're going to change it now well yeah the church is not the same that it was 67 years ago yeah so it's always about moving forward and, and listening and inviting them um but yeah mike i've had that on a couple separate occasions and you can't win them all yeah sometimes they have to leave to come back but uh i think i'm you know my my average isn't too bad and you're talking about another phrase a while back Someone guest mentioned uh, the power of the ask. Oh yeah, you know that that can open up so many doors. You don't know what you could do to that person's life by asking them to serve at mass yeah. or to some other form. You help out with uh, a youth event mm -hmm. because that can open up so many possibilities. You can open up their gifts and just you never you never know how that could change somebody. These guys are full of ideas and full of suggestions, and and but they're afraid. They're just they they're so used to be you know, you know some you know we get invited to our parish councils and and finance meetings and so That's on great. and so forth, and then you say something, 
and you get the almost like the oh that's cute kind of a reaction <laughs> and and i'm like i'm a 24 year old guy I mean, there's nothing cute about me i just want to be heard and listened to and 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 work and sometimes they're not you know uh you know that's a great idea but we'll you know we'll come back to that and that's like that's like the worst feeling you know so um i give them that platform yeah i i just we this is coming up in the parish what are your ideas oh why don't we do this this that and the third and then i take it to the parish and i say you know the young adults think that this would be a phenomenal idea Oh, you think that'll work? I said, I think it'll work. Let's try it. You don't, you don't know what's going to work until it's done. Yeah. And and it's been the communication is there now, and it, it's great. It's great to see. Oh, that's wonderful. That's I like to hear stuff like that. And you, we've talked about that a lot. That uh, you know, certainly, you know, there were when I, in my early twenties, I you know, I don't hide it. I I took my time. I never went away from the church, mm-hmm. but I definitely was not as tightly connected to it as as I could have been. Um, and that it was a relationship with friends of my then girlfriend, now wife, actually friends of my friend, then my girlfriend, then my wife, um, uh, that really brought me back. And, you know, I still, even though we've gotten older and sort of fallen away, I still treasure that. And I know that that's what got me involved, which is why, you know, in my role here, I try to do things to get people involved. And I love when people come into the diocese or people into the parishes or into the schools or into the ministries, and they have that same mindset that you get people involved and suddenly, you know, they want to be there. Absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah. And I think that's true at any level, not just young people. I think, I think, well, hey, nobody likes being talked down to, but uh-huh. everyone like, likes to feel like they're a part of the community. Yeah. And the more Absolutely. we can do about that, uh, I think uh, the stronger it makes yeah. the church and the faith. You, let, you know, the young adults feel like they're, they're part of it. And what they do is they end up bringing their friends and they bring family and they bring, you know, they never come alone. No. Millennials travel in packs. Like, you know, they're like wolves, you know, they're chomping at the bit to get in there, and then they come with people. So when they feel like, oh, wow, you know, what parish are you from? Oh, I'm from Divine Mercy Parish. Oh, how is it? It's phenomenal because it's mine. Yeah. That is my yeah. parish. You know, so it's, they take its almost ownership, and they want, they, they then you see the want in them for the parish to flourish yeah. and get yeah. bigger and be better. So it's, it's a great, the transition it's awesome, and, and the people in the parish are seeing it, so it's it's great. I remember talking about the ownership. Uh, one of the most exciting things for me, and I'm a church nerd, but I grew up and my went to a certain church with my parents. Then when I entered the young adult group at St. Rosalima uh, Parish in Haddon Heights, I remember the greatest, one of the greatest things was I registered as a parishioner and I started getting the church envelopes. And that was when I known, hey, this is my, that was when I realized I had ownership and I've since, I moved to another, closer to another church, so I'm there now. But I just remember that moment of getting the envelopes mailed to me. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> like, It's got yeah. your name on it. And it does. Like, yeah, and it's good stuff. That, those moments are so powerful. And and what you saw at the Summer in the City mm-hmm. last week, there were 50 kids who from everywhere in the diocese. Okay. I was talking to this girl from West Collinswood. I was talking to this kid from Hamilton, this, this guy. Uh, and... To be able to see through their service works that you were there to, you know, the adoration, 
uh, you were picking produce, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. Yeah, huh? I was. Let me tell you about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, that was that was, was eye opening. City. Yeah, that was eye opening. It was. It's part of summer in the city, and you know, you, you say picking produce, and I'm sure everyone's eyes are getting about as big as softballs right now. But no, yeah, we did. We picked uh, collard greens and, and jalapenos and blackberries and watermelons, and it was different. It was different. Um, Where did you? you uh, what was the name? What was it? Um, was it Bruised Reeds? Bruised Reeds Farms. Yeah, a gentleman by the name of George. Great guy. Um, him and his team were phenomenal. But I tell you this, I appreciate watermelon a whole lot more. Yeah. I mean, walking through those those that grass and that dirt and those weeds and actually, you know, having to pick it yourself and, and put it in a bucket and load it up in the van. It was, there was two lessons to be learned from the farm itself. Okay. Not including the whole, the whole summer in the city initiative, but just from the farm itself, I took two things away. How amazing God is with his creation and how everything is planned and one thing can't grow next to something else but if you put something in between them all three things will flourish and be fruitful and so you get that and then you get the appreciation of your neighbor of your brother you know we got this community that goes out there and they do this every day this is their bread and butter picking produce and we just don't you know it's a whatever you know there's, there's farmers and then they have the people that work for them, they're, and, and I go to ShopRite, and I pick up my stuff, and I go home, and I cook, and I eat, but it's where that stuff came from. It doesn't grow on the shelves at ShopRite, you know? No. That'd be weird. So, um, it was, it. the whole group, we just appreciated it a lot more, and they knew what it was. It was a pretty toasty day. The sun was out. I mean, yeah. we were hydrated. We had everything that we need. Nobody was going to fall over, but I, I thought that it was, it was amazing. It was eye-opening. So that was cool. But, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we're coming to the end of the uh, the podcast here. So, uh, Pete, do you have your three questions ready for us? I do. I'm not I ready. Do one. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, Jose. It's that time. That time. Um, so thank you, Jose, so much. Uh, three questions. Do you have a favorite saint? Favorite saint? Actually, I do. And the funny story was that I didn't know he was a saint until I fell up, like kind of just fell upon it. And then I went, I went to go talk to somebody in the church about it. And they had no idea who he was, so I had to give, you know, share that information. But my saint of choice happens to be Saint Florian, who is the patron saint of firefighters. Oh, oh, yeah, did not know that. And, and, and uh, that brings me to you are a volunteer firefighter. I am. I am a volunteer firefighter for the City of Violent Fire Department, station number four. Uh, about a year and a half now um, doing it, and I, and I love it. I mean, if you're an oh. adrenaline junkie out there and you want to be able to get your adrenaline in, volunteer for the fire department. Trust me, you won't regret it <laughs> at all. From the simplest things, you know, yeah, the wires to the most extreme, you know, when there's a deal over fire, every time that... The pager goes off and you, you hear the, the alarm on the truck and oh, I love it. So you are completely a soul saver. You save souls physically and also spiritually. Oh, I mean, I I push them in the right direction. I won't, I won't call myself a savior, but yeah, that's, I try. Well, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you reminded me that I wanted to bring that firefighting up. Uh, so any... 
Did you do anything interesting this summer? What, what, what was your any leisure? Oh well, right before the convocation, I came back from a, a well-deserved vacation to Rome. Very nice. Yes, I went. I was able to go to Rome with my beautiful girlfriend and her best friend Ashley. Um, completely unscheduled. We had no type of itinerary. Which, at some point, was cool. It was great, just being able to wake up and go. But then sometimes you just didn't want to wake up and go, because it was like a long day. But um, absolutely gorgeous. I will do it again and again, and maybe one more time after that. I completely fell in love with Rome, the people, the food, um, the history. Uh, did I mention the food? Something about that, yeah. You can't get pasta like that anywhere. Um it was beautiful. I I was talking to some of our coworkers here on the floor, and how every time I pass St. Peter's Basilica, you can't help but to stop. I mean, I, I must have seen it about 140 times while I was out there, and every single time you just have to stop, and you're in a complete awe of what St. Peter's Square is and the Basilica. You have to stop. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, but everything about Rome. Uh, oh, the... Every, just everything. It was beautiful. So I was really glad that at such a young age, I was able to experience mm-hmm. Rome and really be able to walk around and, and do things. And kind of all like on our own terms. We didn't, we weren't with the hustle and bustle of a tour group or we weren't on anyone else's schedule. We were on our schedule. So if we wanted to spend the whole day in the Vatican, we did that. Yeah. And you needed it. Uh, there's so many little like, nooks and crannies to the Vatican and there's mm. there's uh, you know you miss paintings and and then the the architecture and just the the beauty that is St. Peter's if you if you do it too fast so I did do that this summer and that was great that it's is a great great summer vacation oh yeah uh, so last question uh what's the best advice you've ever received wow he um my grandfather told me one day, he goes, he looks at me and he goes, uh, just don't forget who you are, where you've been, and where you're heading. If, if you don't forget who you are, you won't lose yourself. If you don't forget where you've been, you won't forget the sufferings that you had to go through to get to where you are. And if you don't forget where you're going, you'll always have goals. And you'll always be yearning for something and reaching for something. Because the day you stop reaching for something, you did something wrong. And you got to go back. You should always have a goal, always have an idea, a project to, to aim forward, you know, just to move towards. And when you get there, think of something else. So, you know, grandfather's my hero. And uh, that, that any, anything that ever came out of his mouth was great, but... That has always stuck with me. Just, you know, remember where you're at, remember where you've been, and work and remember where you're going. I like it. On that note, I, I can't think of anything better. That is better. good advice, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Left Pete speechless. Yeah. Does in my silence. <laughs> you talking about it. So. All right. Well, well, for anyone who didn't take the break earlier, we're about to wrap up the podcast. So as soon as we're done, you can take that minute of silence and meditate or pray and, and focus on your, your spiritual needs. Uh, and for anyone who did earlier, uh, have a good rest of your day. It's very nice. Thank Thanks. you, gentlemen. Thank you very Thank much for being here, Jose. We've been talking Catholic, everybody. God bless.